Hello, everybody. This is Frank Spear. Welcome to another edition of Thinking Out Loud. I am currently reading a book called The Pioneers by David McCullough, and I just wanted to uh, read some of that, actually, a page or two today, and point out historically the hardships that many people went through in order to forge out almost from nothing a life for themselves for their family and for their posterity today uh, you know there are a lot of people in the world and in this country who find themselves complaining regularly that they can't have this thing or that thing or that house or that car or that job or that education or whatever it might be and I know all things are relative you know we're not living in the Ohio Valley in uh, the 1800s however all things are relative and there is struggle and human hardship in every generation of people and I think we can learn something from this pioneer spirit of wanting to progress and what it takes to carve out life uh, for oneself for family and posterity I think the lesson here is life is hard. It has always been hard for everyone. I mean, think about the world, you know, pre-20th century, from the beginning of human, human history up until, you know, the 20th century, uh, you know, when we got electric lights, you know, th- think about these people who lived before that, no television, no radio, no electricity, no running water, no plumbing right you were still going to the outhouse some of our great great grandparents may have still been using an outhouse so people were dying of all kinds of diseases that are uh, that we can cure very simply today you know malaria people got the chicken pox and they died you know uh, uh, scarlet fever bubonic plague on and on it goes right? We don't have to deal with much of that at all today. We go to the doctor. We might have, we might not have health insurance or great health insurance, but we can still go to the doctor and get our common ailments taken care of, uh, cheaply, you know, relatively speaking, you know, so we could talk forever about that, right? And the, the suffering, human suffering and how much better, life is in the world and especially in our country in the United States of America today people are living according to a more of a higher standard than ever before we are healthier than ever despite diabetes and obesity and all of that generally speaking we're healthier than ever we live longer the air is cleaner uh, than it was in the 20th century So there's a lot that could be said about that, but I'm going to read a couple of pages of this book and then make a few comments at the end. And again, the lesson here today is simply life is hard and it was much harder, generally speaking now. I don't know your situation specifically. You don't know mine, but we all face tragedy. We all face hardships. Uh, We always have as humans and we always will. It's relative to where we live. You may live in a third world country or you may live here in the United States. And we are all facing struggles. So let me just begin reading here. 
uh, you don't really need the context. This is just basically about uh, settle, uh, settlers in the 1800s who brought, you know, the American ideal westward. In September 1789, Joseph married 19-year-old Elizabeth Dana of Amherst, the daughter of Captain William and Mary Bancroft Dana. Less than two years earlier, his financial state shattered by the depreciation of currency. Captain Dana had set off with two of his sons for the Ohio country to see about settling there. When Captain Dana returned to bring the rest of his family west, Joseph and his bride decided to go with them. The journey proved more difficult than they had, than they had ever imagined. At times, crossing the Allegheny Mountains, progress became slow. Their wagons had to be taken apart and separate pieces carried by hand over impassable barriers of rocks and ledges. After crossing the mountains to Sumerals Ferry and waiting for the unwieldy boat to be built for them, they proceeded down the Ohio. Instead of landing at Marietta, they went on to a newly established settlement of about two dozen families downstream on the Ohio side of the river called Belpre. There Captain Dana's land was located, but on arrival they found the cabin he built the year before had by accident burned to the ground. As a consequence, young Joseph decided to stay for the time being at Marietta, where carpenters were much in demand. Winter had set in, and then troubles were all about. As serious as had been the shortage of food the previous winter, this one was to be worse. They called it the starving year, and the suffering was extreme. Because of the slaughter of the wild game by the local Indians, the woods were still bare without a radius, within a radius of 20 miles. There were other explanations as well, the clearing of the forest and the hunting by settlers, and as Joseph Barker put it, a large majority of emigrants had strewed all their money on the mountains of Pennsylvania, and in the enjoyment they had got to the land of promise, they had forgot to provide for the future. In fact, there were many causes of the hungry year, or the starving year, as it was also called in many other sections of the country, including New England. France had been importing unprecedented qualities of wheat and flour from the United States. Then there was a devastating effect of the insect called the Hessian fly on wheat production. Climate historians would later attribute a large part of the problem to major volcanic explosions in Iceland and Japan that blew millions of tons of particles into the upper atmosphere, thereby reducing the warming of sunlight on a good part of the globe. What saved the settlement was generosity. To Barker, it was a powerful lesson in life. Quote, where poverty, improvidence, and scarcity meet, charity and benevolence would give relief. Later, Marietta's earliest historian, Samuel Hidreth, was to write, In this great scarcity, it was wonderful how little there was of selfishness and how generally kindness and good feeling abounded. Those who had more resources lent or gave to those who had less. One family in particular came to the rescue in a way that was never forgotten. Isaac and Rebecca Williams, emigrant farmers from Pennsylvania who had settled on the Virginia side of the Ohio, were known and admired for their consistently abundant harvests. To those now starving, Mr. Williams sold his corn at the usual price of 50 cents instead of the going price of $2.50. To the desperately poor, he let them have it without payment. 
to spectators who offered to buy all he had, he refused to sell even a bushel. Sugar or molasses they had little of, and they hadn't even kettles to boil the sap of the maple. The Ohio Company, with the liberally uh, with the liberality worthy of praise, with the liberality worthy of praise, assisted many poor families with small loans of money, or the suffering would have been much greater. With this, they could occasionally get provisions from boats descending from the Ohio. The matrons of the colony, in a little sober chit-chat over a cup of spiced tea, without any sugar and very little milk, concluded if they had ever, ever lived again to enjoy a supply of wholesome food for their children and selves, they would never complain of their fare, be it ever so coarse or homely. That November came an outbreak of measles in Marietta that would take the lives of still more children. To add further to the miseries, a sick man and his family were put ashore from a boat heading downriver to Kentucky, and his trouble proved to be the ever-dreaded smallpox, which had not made its appearance till then. A town meeting was called at the stockade, a separate log cabin was quickly put up for the sick man, and Nurse Mary Owen, the first woman to settle in Marietta, took up her duties only to contract the disease herself. When the sick man died, another town meeting was hurriedly called and more cabins went up further off, in the back of a big cornfield. To his wife Elizabeth, who remained in Balpar, it was thought to be a safer it was thought to be safer there, he was happy to report. Listen to this. I'm living in a little clean log cabin that is six feet wide, seven feet long, and four and a half feet high. We make out to sit up, but we cannot stand up straight. Of complaints he had none. We are lodging very well. Six more died of the disease. Two of the hundred or more inoculated also died. Much to the relief of many who knew her, Mary Owen recovered to live many more years, though with evidence of what she had been through, marking her face. Joseph Barker lived on too. Now it goes on to talk about the lack of food, children dying over and over again. These people suffered these kinds of hardships. Their homes burning to the ground, Indians coming and capturing, kidnapping settlers, scalping them, also settlers doing things to Indians that were unspeakable. Back and forth it went. And so I hope that didn't bore you, but rather just gave a little taste of what people go through. Life is hard. And sometimes because maybe some of us don't read history, we don't study these things, we don't know really what happened to people generations ago in this country or any other we don't really have a grasp on the immense horrific struggles that people had in order to better their lives and the lives of their children and their families people died in their 30s you know that was common People struggled with all manner of sicknesses, financial ruin, so forth and so on. So maybe this helps us in some small way to take a look at our own lives and say, well, I have a roof over my head. I can actually stand up in my house. I have a refrigerator full of food. If I don't, I can generally speaking, go out and get some more. 
you know, and if I'm really in a bind, family or neighbors will help me out, right? I have a television. Maybe I have two or three televisions. I have a phone that's basically that basically has all the information in the world on it. Anything I want to know, I can know in an instant, right? I can call on the phone or text or talk to anybody I want to if I'm in trouble. I can ask for help. I've got music at my fingertips that I can enjoy through my wireless Bluetooth headphones anytime I want to listen. (laughs) When I go in the store and I purchase food, I'm not generally speaking afraid that I'm going to be poisoned by it and die tomorrow. Right? Um, What else? If I'm sick, I can go to the doctor, generally speaking. You know, if I'm cold, I have blankets or I just turn the heat on. Right? And magically, heat comes out of vents in my house and I'm warmed up. If I'm hot, I turn on the air conditioner. Uh, So, when we think about it from this perspective, what problems do we really have when it comes down to it? The fact that we can't have the best new car or that we can't live in the biggest house, or that we can't have the job that pays the most money. Um, I hope this, for me, this is sobering. You know, I'm apt to complain at times too, to say, you know, I want this or that. You know, I want this better thing or that better thing. I want to be able to go on vacation more than once or twice a year. (laughs) I mean, come on. Let's read some history books. Let's read about what most people, most people from the beginning of the world up until now have gone through just to make it through another day who were thankful to be able to eat, you know, three or four strawberries and have water to drink for the day. Anyway, that's it for today. I hope you got something out of this. Talk to you next time.